Hi, I'm Diane Chandler. And I'm Perry Jones Grossman. And this is Own Your Throne. Through the show, you will meet inspiring women who have recreated and redefined what it really means to thrive and age gracefully. Our guests are some of the most inspiring women on the planet. We were honored to sit down with each of them and get real about their journeys and what it took for them to truly own their throne. Well, hi everyone, I'm Perry Jones Grossman. And I'm Diane Chandler. And welcome to Own Your Throne. Now with all the uncertainty and chaos surrounding the coronavirus, well, Diane and I want to present a four-part series where we interview some top-notch experts who can help us answer questions as to how we can boost our immune system, how to deal with our children, younger and older, who are not understanding what's going on in their world, and how to calm down some of our own fears and deal with some of the stress. So today, it's going to be a real honor because we're going to be talking with Dr. Mary Hulnick, who's a co-founder of the University of Santa Monica, along with her husband, Dr. Ron Hulnick. She's a spiritual teacher. She was also a doctor of philosophy from Iowa State University and a clinical psychologist. And today, particularly, she's going to be with us as a spiritual psychologist because we're going to have a discussion about COVID-19 from a spiritual perspective. So Mary, thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited that you're here. I am so delighted to be with you both and to have this opportunity for this really important conversation. Yes, it is. Well, you know, we were, gosh, Diane and I have been talking several times a day and everyone that we talk to is going through a lot of fear. And we try to deal with fear. And of course, we learned at USM that false evidence appearing real is what fear really is. But how would you describe to people, what's the best way of dealing with fear with this COVID-19 taking over our lives? Oh, my goodness. Well, that is such a, such a good and important question. You know, my own experience is that fear leads to contraction. And fear is understandable in this situation because this is something that's invisible but affects us on the physical level and that it can be transmitted without even our being aware of it. And yet at the same time, fear is one of the things that weakens the immune system. When we go into that contracted state and we go into fear and From my point of view, there are simple things that we can do. First of all, to hold the vision that this is happening within the context of a greater spiritual purpose. The more we can look at it through the lens of the spiritual context, I think it leads us into a greater place of calm, of peace, and relaxation. I know um, about two weeks ago, Ron and I did an event for our community, and this question came up. And part of what, to me, seems to bring people to that place of peace and calm is, is one of the most basic principles of spiritual psychology. And that is that we are not human beings with a soul. We are souls 
having and using a human experience. And so we are these majestic spiritual beings, and yet we have a small self that is very conditioned, conditioned uh, to comfort, conditioned to want control, conditioned to have a huge preference for security. And these things are just part of our human nature. But this is an opportunity to really recognize that we're in a situation, A, where we have no control. Yes, we can make wise choices. Second of all, we are all exceedingly uncomfortable because of the limitations that are placed on us physically at this time and all the disruption that's occurring in the economy, uh, in the environment, just on all levels. And that uh, there can be a great feeling of insecurity because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how bad it's going to get. So to me, uh, when we enter the spiritual context and we consider the possibility that there is a higher purpose here, I know um, when this first really began to start being more prevalent in the United States, I thought to myself, it's so interesting that this is the coronavirus. And I thought to myself, the meaning of corona really is the luminous energy that one sees around the moon when there's a full moon. But corona also refers to the top of the head. Hmm. And the top of the head is precisely where the crown chakra is. So when I think about this metaphorically, the opportunity really is to lift up in consciousness mm. to the place where our soul resides with us and to connect with the power of the unconditional loving, to know that we are all one and that that is, in fact, a huge part of the spiritual opportunity that is being presented to us with the coronavirus. Mm, that's that's so beautiful. Mm. Mary, what, you know, you were talking about control and that word keeps coming up. It's really, it, it, it's such a reflection of that. And everybody has this false sense of we're in control of our lives. We're in control of everything. And right now there's this surrendering that's going on and it's bringing everyone's stuff up like all of our all of our you know unhealed issues unresolved issues are all coming forward and so what would you share on that level that would help our listeners to just calm them into this into this experience well first of all i think it's so important to make the emotions and the concerning thoughts okay in other words not to suppress them but at the same time, not to feed them in ways that is going to accelerate them or amplify them. Mm -hmm. And how do we do this? Part of it, from my point of view, is through a simple spiritual practice. Just the practice of closing your eyes 
and following the rising and the falling of your breath. And when you breathe in, repeat the words silently inside or outside, out loud outside. Love, love, love. Or you can do the same thing with the word peace. And just that simple practice will bring a person much more to their center. It'll bring you more into the place of peace and the place where you can recognize, yes, I feel very vulnerable. I feel frightened. I'm concerned for my family, my loved ones. I'm concerned for the economic situation that's occurring. I'm, I'm concerned about unrest in other parts of the world. I'm concerned about the people that are hungry. But I think the simple practice of going inside, there are also very simple prayers that people can pray. You know, prayers of gratitude for the blessings that people are present to and aware of, that they have a home, that they have sufficient food, that they have resources, that they can still connect with their community, their family, their loved ones. All of things, these things are available to us. And if we go into negative future fantasy, we can really just create great levels of distress. And when we do that, we are actually weakening our immune system. Mm. Boy, that's so a big attitude, point. Mm. Yeah, attitude is extremely important. Uh, one of the things that we've been noticing and it's in our community where we live, but also it seems to be going on across the country and around the world. And that is the generosity of spirit that's emerging and people's willingness to be of service. We've had three different people offer to come to our home, to do our grocery shopping for us, to assist in whatever ways they can. Um, it's it's just very heartwarming and a, a very inspiring and uplifting thing. It seems like, you know, Diane and I were talking about this earlier, that it seems like whenever the world gets a little crazy and we've been coming in this fearful, really negative energy with, you know, the political things going on and, and the hatred and just a lot of the negative portion, it's almost like this coronavirus has become a gift for us spiritually and to remember to come together and as you said to have these acts of kindness where we remember who we really are like you said we're spiritual beings and um i'm wondering this is a little tougher question but i'm wondering why do you think from a spiritual perspective that this virus happened and do you think that there is a part of us as beings in a lot of the stressful things that we were all going through worldwide that we had some part of creating something like this? Well, that's such an interesting question, and it is a more difficult question. Um, yes, I would say we all had a part in it, each in our own way. And because Physical, the physical world reality is the realm of duality 
it's the realm of good, bad, right, wrong. I look at the pollution, the environmental pollution on the planet in some ways as mirroring the pollution that exists within our own consciousness through the judgment, the negative thinking, the imbalance in the focus on materialism. And so I look at the coronavirus um, with great compassion for humanity. And at the same time, we created, promoted, and allowed this through our own unconsciousness, through our own sleepfulness, our spiritual amnesia, our forgetting our essential nature. And so I see the opportunity, the spiritual opportunity in this is one for the return to love. And your uh, program is named Own Your Throne. And in a very real way, I look at this as a time for people to take responsibility for accepting their own crown of love. Mm, beautiful. And to really recognize, oh, I can be in disturbance and I'm upset because I can be a clot of little ailments complaining because life isn't making me happy right now. <laughs> or can I, can I choose to rise up into my higher nature to own the crown of love and to walk in the world from that consciousness of caring, of respect, of service, of small kindnesses. I love that. I love that. You know, I've been, we have a lot of time on our hands right now. So I've been looking a a lot through, you know, social media and seeing what's online and on the internet. And my family, I have five brothers and sisters and tons of kids and we've all been just share. It's just really brought us together. And we've got this group text going on and everybody's sharing funny things and telling each other how much they love each other. My children are all home. The first couple of days was adjusting and a little tense. And now everyone's just completely gotten into the flow of it. And it's not to negate that there's fears or uncertainty. It's more just, we are, what I'm experiencing is a connection that I've been missing for a really long time. Mm. Yes. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I love what you're saying about the, uh, your own children and your nuclear family, but yet your extended family and how this is bringing you all together and loving. Yeah. It's really, you know, you look online and, and I, I think that this goes, as everyone's talking about, it goes across you know, the entire planet to every race and every country and every political belief and nobody is immune to this. It's, it, it really is such an extraordinary opportunity because uh, here we are, 2020, it's such an auspicious year and it's a year for amplified cooperation and this coronavirus and the challenges on multiple levels that this brings us. It's like it, it brings the opportunity for cooperation with our immediate circle of loved ones, but it is raising this huge opportunity 
for cooperation globally. That is, and it's really inspiring to see how uh, various countries are assisting each other, uh, industries, and so forth. Yes, I, that was something that really stood out to me is before this happened, there was so much divisiveness between people and the countries and you know, we're, we're shooting off nuclear warheads at each other. I mean, it was, it's such a vast difference that happened literally overnight. And, and I know it sounds weird when I say this, but it just seems like in a strange way, it was a higher spiritual gift given to us to give us an opportunity to, you know, realize that we're not different from one another. And that we can change things, we can have conversations and help each other. And, you know, I know it's always said, if, if, if you're not feeling happy or you're feeling depressed, the best way to get out of that is to be in service to somebody else. And it, it brings me to uh, just a quick story I have to tell you, because um, I know you love the Dalai Lama's holiness. And I remember he did an event here in Sun Valley that we worked on. And I was just really new with meditation. And so I had an opportunity to sit down and talk to him. And I said, your holiness, I'm having a problem meditating. And, you know, and he's, and he's very mischievous. And he goes, oh, yes. He goes, what's the problem? And I said, well, I can't seem to focus. I can't seem, I'm, my mind is like monkey mind. I can't get away from that. And he goes, me too. And I went, wait, you too? <laughs> laughing I go wait you're the, you're the Dalai Lama and he said he says no but you know what I figured out he said I'll tell you my secret whenever I focus and he goes and I have monkey mind too he says it's usually because I'm thinking about myself I'm thinking about my to-do list I'm thinking about what needs to be done I'm thinking me 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 he said but what brought my focus into center was when I started thinking about others. And he said, when I started thinking about that, he said, my whole cellular system changed. And he said, and then the focus came there. And I thought, what a beautiful analogy to how we can quiet our own fears, our own griefs, is to look at our neighbor. You know, like you said, someone came over and asked you and Ron, what could I help you with? And I think that can take us out of our own fear and out of our own, you know, worrisome with, with families and stuff. But I'm wondering, what do you tell people, Mary, you know, a lot of us that went to USM and, and had the opportunity to study with you and Ron, we learned about having a spiritual practice and whatever that might be, whether it's God, a higher being, the universe, but, you know, we all had the belief that there was something higher above us, right? That was yeah. in partnership. But what do you tell people that don't have a spiritual practice and they don't understand that and how to connect to that? Because that might be a, a tool for them that could help them get out of fear. Pausing for a moment here, because my sense is that the gateway, the portal, really is the heart. And if we can encourage people in the practice of loving kindness, and that these, and gratitude of service, that these things do take us out of the myopic over-concern with ourselves, more to a concern with others and an awareness of others. And 
you know, the natural byproduct of service is joy. It is joy. So these acts of kindness where people are doing grocery shopping for others or they're going over to an elderly person's home and visiting them with appropriate social distance. These are, or transporting somebody's pet to a vet who can't do it for themselves. These simple things are going to help people come into a place of joy, of peace, and a sense that even in these very difficult circumstances, I can make choices that uplift me and uplift others. It reminds me really of uh, what Viktor Frankl said in, uh, when he was interred in the Nazi concentration camp. Even in the worst of circumstances, we have a choice, and the choice is our attitude. And so I think it's very possible, I know it's possible to speak to people in ways that um, remind them of their essential nature without ever really speaking of spirit. I, I'm part of a text circle right now for a woman who was my manicurist for a good number of years. She was suddenly diagnosed with stage four liver cancer. Mm. And a woman who was one of her clients created a, a text circle and we're right now in a process, and I know none of these other women, and we're in the process every night of gathering at 8.15, and we do 11 minutes of prayer and meditation for our, this woman who was all of our manicurists. And what was beautiful, it's like in the beginning, the talk was very kind of superficial, you know, we were gathering, we were doing it. But, but after about two days of this, I said, you know what? I am going to be, I'm going to speak to this circle as I would speak to students in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And I did. And it has been amazing what has happened. Mm -hmm. People just started speaking much more from their hearts, uh, sharing images that they were using in their meditation, their healing meditation. And it has been so, so beautiful for me to witness this. And so part of it also, I think, is the willingness for those of us who are um, more in the remembrance of who we are to be courageous, not in a way that is imposing anything on anyone, but to be courageous to be willing to be vulnerable, to speak from our hearts, and to invite others into a more intimate kind of conversation and space. Mm. So that's the spiritual practice. Yes. And for our listeners, I want you guys to really understand that in my viewpoint, Mary, you are, you are a master, and you are one of the most profound spiritual teachers on the planet. And so what Mary, she makes this so simple and it's all about love for you. And I saw that the minute I met you and was in the room for the first time. And so I think that that message of just loving one another and, and 
and being of service, which is the highest frequency on the planet, is so healing in itself. It is so healing. And, and you know, what's beautiful is that when we are the presence of love, then that emanation is going out. And that's how we lift and transform ourselves, those around us, and the energy on the planet itself. Mm-hmm. What about people, Mary, that feel alone? You know, they not necessarily always the ones that are just living alone, but they feel really alone and they feel lost. What would you say to them to encourage them and to have them remember who they really are and that they are important and that they are loved? Yes. This what you're you're asking a really beautiful question because the the condition that we all suffer from on this planet in varying degrees is the illusion of separation. We feel separate from ourselves. We feel separate from love. We look for love outside, not recognizing that we are the love, that love is our nature. It's within us, it's inherent, it's intrinsic. And so for people who are feeling separate, I encourage them also in the practices that the three of us have been sharing and speaking about, that separation is an illusion, that we are all one, and that the spiritual lesson of this time on the planet is one of coming more into the awareness of how incredibly connected we are, of the oneness of humanity, and of the power of love to transform. Mm. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mary, do you see this as something when we come to the other side? Do you see this as an elevation in consciousness that's happening on the planet and we're going into another stage? I do. I do. I see that as exactly what this is, that we are, have been in a time of greater awakening on the planet and that the uh, coronavirus is like an, an accelerator. It's, it's an accelerator to help humanity rise up more into the essential nature of loving, caring, and sharing, of cooperation, of, uh, of recognizing that we can bless and be blessed and that we will come through this to a higher place. I actually am starting to feel it already, even though last night here in California, you know, we received the Safer at Home order. And so now we are cooperating with that. But I must say today, I actually felt like things felt lighter somehow. And uh, I believe it is through people coming into cooperation and the expressions of caring that are being shared. And I think a lot of times, you know, when we 
have this fear of like what's coming, what's gonna happen. And there's all this, you know, you're in the future of all the worst case possible things that could happen. And then all of a sudden they say, okay, you're now going to be in your house. And everybody goes, it's here. And takes a deep sigh and goes, okay, we can do this. Yeah, we can do and this. And we can do it well. Yeah. We yeah. can do it with joy and with love. You know, it's, um, it's just such a beautiful opportunity for remembering what is most precious and what matters most. And that each person does matter. Each person does matter, and um, it's beautiful to see the programs that are going on. We live in a canyon, and I know one of the restaurants in the canyon put out an announcement that they were going to be delivering um, meals to seniors that really weren't able to get out at this time and asking people to donate and support a bit. Mm-hmm. And, and so there are just all these beautiful opportunities in small ways to help uplift. I think you're helping us all remember to look around and see the beauty in this what we call crisis. I know for me, I was kind of, <laughs> you guys are going to laugh at me, but I was kind of excited because we're in a, in a, you know, a containment in Sun Valley as well. Yes. It's put on to us. And I, it, my first reaction was, oh, good, now I have an excuse <laughs> to just stay home and be quiet. And because and sometimes I see my life as like a hamster, you know, I'm on a hamster wheel and traveling here, doing this. It's a lot of doing, doing, doing. And I think that was one of the aspects of going to USM that I loved the most is I had such a great excuse. I had to stay home and study. I had yeah. to stay home and do the inner work and the, and the, you know, being in the quiet. And I'm, I almost feel like we're in class again. Like you and Ron always talked about how earth is, you know, this is earth school. Yes. And we're having a giant lesson and it's a global lesson. For, it was almost like we're put on a timeout. I, I had this dream where it was like the universe was saying, hey, we're putting you guys on a big timeout. Everyone has to go to your corner. <laughs> take a time out and just think about you know what how could you be better how could you make this planet better and then we're going to come back and this is all going to go away and then we're going to have a little discussion about it and I, I actually had that conversation with my kids the other night and of course they're looking at me rolling their eyes and you know and I said but we, we just, you know, an example last night, I had this amazing conversation with my son and then the night before with my daughter because they couldn't tell me, oh, they have this, they've got that, they have this, you know, they were, <laughs> they, they couldn't escape me. And it was, you know, just a wonderful, beautiful time. Like, you know, we were talking about earlier of connection. Beautiful. That is so uplifting. It, it is a time for remembering what's most precious. And there is something so powerful about slowing down, slowing down. Yes. I think we have a country full of doers and now everyone's going to have to be beers, you know, <laughs> just being in it and going, ah, yeah, there is something there. I, I really feel, um, optimistic and hopeful about what's going to come on the other side. I'm very aware of, of the fears and the unknown and how things are going to be different. I don't, I think our new normal is going to look very different. I do too. And I'm excited to see what it is actually. (laughs) When 
one of the tools that you both are so familiar with from your USM education is the, the reframing issues as blessings, that this is a time of opportunity, and we don't know what the outcome is going to be. But, you know, when I think about it, it's uh, just over 100 years ago that Henry Ford developed the first automobile. Yeah. And at that time, that was radical. But look at what's happened in the last 120 years since that. Yes. You know, could we have imagined at that time that, the, that we would be traveling internationally by jet plane? Mm-hmm. You know, it was unthinkable that uh, this country would have placed a man on the moon, that we'd have space stations. And part of what is also, from my point of view, very reassuring is the awareness of all the, the amazing consciousness that are on this planet at this time, that are being inspired in new technology, in new products, new ways of being and living. And part of what is also enheartening about the, the younger generation, you know, they're, they're not very interested in stuff. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not at all. They're more interested in that which is of essence. And I think that's a, a very enheartening thing. Yeah. I, you know, I, I've noticed some things with, even with my own children, and, and I don't know if you've noticed this with your girls too, but they don't seem to be concerned. Now, not that they're not being responsible. You know, they're not on the state beaches of Florida, you know, and partying spring break. I think that's irresponsible behavior. But I know with my children, some of their friends, they just don't seem to be worried and they're, they're not upset. They're not afraid. And, you know, we've heard a lot about crystal children. And, and I wonder if, you know, if this is that generation of crystal children where that's just who they are. And it's about tearing down the old so they can build up the new. But I, I was really amazed at as we as baby boomers were much more concerned. And I mean, not to take, you know, like I said, yes, this is a very serious situation. But their spirits are much more zen about it. And I know with my son and my daughter, they looked at me and they go, Mom, it's all going to be okay. It's happening for a reason. And I went, okay, wait, who's the mom here? (laughs) You know, instead of me calming them down, I, I got a little uptight last night and they were just very calm and said, it's going to be okay. Well, so uplifting. And that is my experience too, that the younger people are very awake, very aware. And what a beautiful reflection for you. It's like our children really do come in at a higher level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Because generally speaking, many of them are older souls who have uh, more life, life experience. You know what's so interesting? I have had in the last two months, I've probably known six people who have had new babies that are good friends, you know, younger girls, and all these babies are, have come in right now at this time. And it's, it's, um, I'm taking notice, let's just say that. I think it's really yeah. One of our assistants is due to deliver her baby any day. Yeah. And I know I've really been thinking about who is this being? <laughs> yeah. 
at exactly this time. So Mary, I have a question regarding people who are struggling at home. They've got all their families there. Every, all the kids are back. Yeah, there are those, those people that are feeling a little more like we are and a little more optimistic. And then there's the people that are really struggling and they're in their homes and there's a lot of friction and tension. I was reading today that in China, the divorce rate, since people are coming out of their homes, divorce attorneys, uh, it's skyrocketed in the last few days. Wow. Yeah. So I would love for you to share some words of comfort for people who are really up against it. Maybe some more, some compassionate words of how to be compassionate with one another when we're going through this, because everybody's stuff is coming up. Mm. Yes, this, this does exacerbate. It pushes people's issues to the surface. The opportunity is to recognize, and this is not the easiest thing, to recognize that there is an opportunity to slow it down, to listen, to practice compassion. Even if people were to simply do perception checking with each other, it could make a big difference. Perception checking is simply saying what your understanding is of someone of what someone has expressed. It's not parroting it back, because when we parrot back, most people feel annoyed by that, which is quite understandable. It's very annoying. But if you you are willing to consider, what was it about this person that drew me to them in the first place? When did my heart really open? When did I fall in love with this person? And what is it about them that I found so magical? You know, the process of falling in love is really an experience where our spiritual eyes open and we see the soul essence in another person. And that is such an extraordinary experience. Then what happens is the reasons that we came together in the first place, besides sharing the loving, in other words, the other reason having to do with assisting each other in our refining of our consciousness and our patterning, those issues and opportunities start to surface. But what's challenging is most people don't know that. They have no idea that that is what is going on. They just think that their partner is annoying, irritating, frustrating, exasperating. So if you can return for a moment to what what was it to drew me to this person in the first place? What was it when my spiritual eyes opened, when my heart opened, what was the beauty that I saw in them? You know, one of the things that Ron and I do every single night and we've done this really the entire time we've been married, is we slow it down before we go to sleep and we share appreciations with each other. So either one of us can start. So if I start, I share one appreciation about me and then I share one about Ron. And then Ron would respond in kind. 
And we do that for three rounds, for three rounds, so that we always end the day on a really positive note with regard to our communion with each other, our oneness in our partnership. And, you know, it's a, it's a simple thing, but it can make, it can, it can shift things. I can even see that you doing that with your children that are all now in the home. You know, a lot of kids have come back from college and high school who are older and you, you know, you haven't spent that type of time with them possibly. And the friction or the tension with the kids in there and really at night going in and sitting on their bed and, and just saying, Hey, I just want you to know like the gifts that I see in you or how much I appreciate and love you. Absolutely. Love that. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. It's so simple, but we forget. And now that we have time, we can go back to some of the most beautiful, simple gestures of love and appreciation and gratitude. I, I love that suggestion, doing it with partners and with children and, and, and with friends. You know, we, we, we take, sometimes we take advantage of just, you know, we forget to say, you know, I'll, I'll use Dine. I mean, we were great girlfriends and we worked together and then we planned together. And sometimes we just need to say, Hey, you know what? I just think you're the best. I just love you. I, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am. and it's, it's so important. Everyone wants to hear that they're loved and that they're heard. You know, another tool I was thinking about Mary that you were sharing about, that really helped me at USM was the heart-centered listening. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I love this. <laughs> you were saying, okay, what we need to do is picture our ears as little hearts. And it's <laughs> like, you know, and I do, I, when I really am trying to just get into my heart and if I'm, you know, looking around or I'm thinking of other things and I'm not in the moment, I think of that terminology and I think of that, you know, so it just connects me with someone immediately. And I realized it's such a gift because you can be in the middle of the biggest argument in the world, but when someone just stops and says, I want to hear you, it's yes. such a beautiful gift. And the rewards are amazing. It, it's a game changer. Yes. Truly. Yes. yes. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I think that was one of the most things that shifted my relationships it was great well i think this has been an incredible hour with you mary <laughs> like always as well, always i love being with you both and i love what you're doing it's just uh the the whole um intention behind it to assist people in coming into the majesty of who they are and really claiming that and living from that is so beautiful. And I, I just enjoyed our conversation very much. Thank you, Mary. Thank well, you, Mary. Like Carrie and I were saying, our mission is really, we don't ever know where this is going. We know what our mission is, and that's to really uplift the complete world, like to make people yeah. feel better about themselves, to uplevel their lives, to really own who they are and feel worthy and loved and remember that that's really who they are. That yeah. is who they really are. Well, I love you both, and I am so delighted with you and what you are doing to uplift no. humanity, and women in particular. Oh, Mary, thank you. And I know I, we want to just ask you, if you wouldn't mind, as we're, we're asking each of our guests, 
to give our subscribers where it's only them some kind of a gift from you that whether it's a, a meditation, an audio meditation, or something that comes forward for you that, you know, our listeners can go to our website, which is um, ownyourthrone.co, C-O, and where they can download something because I know they're just taking notes furiously of what you've been saying and sharing. But whatever comes forward for you to, to that you would like to give as a, as a gift to them um, would be so appreciated. I will, of course, be delighted to do that. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Well, we just want to say that you guys had a part one interview with uh, Dr. Holnick before this one. This is our bonus interview that you've had with, with her. And it's really the four-part series that Diane and I wanted to create to really help calm your fears. And we couldn't think of anyone better than Dr. <laughs> Holnick because she and her husband, Ron, are the ones that really taught Diane and I some amazing tools and techniques. And, you know, we want to share them with you. And we want people to know and, and know that you can get help and know that uh, you're not alone and, and know that you're loved. And I think that's probably, you know, the biggest, biggest lesson we've gotten out of this. Thank you for joining us, Mary, once again. And everyone, we will see you next time on our next episode of Own Your Throne. This podcast was created by Perry and I because we both met at school getting our master's in spiritual psychology, where we learned the tools and techniques to really heal, reclaim, and redefine the second chapters of our lives. And you'll also learn some tools and techniques from our guest. All you have to do is go and subscribe and leave some comments. Let us know what you think about the shows, as well as maybe you have some ideas of other guests that we could have. So enjoy the conversations, and we look forward to hearing from you. And be sure and check out our website, which is ownyourthrone.co. And we have some freebies for you, so be sure and check us out.